I feel like it's nice when like after we've been t- talking about the movie for a while to just be like, wait, what's next? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah. Right. What's happening? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Spooky Sips, where we put our love of horror movies into a podcast and sip some spirits along the way. I'm one of your hosts, Yvette. I'm here with my co-hosts, Laura and Brianna. Hello. Hey. All right, so just in time for the season, we got spooky for y'all, and we went way, way back to one of the first spooky ones, the 1931 Dracula. Woo! We have a lot to talk about, but I'm guessing all of you know what Dracula is about, but if you don't, essentially it's Count Dracula, who is a vampire, that hypnotizes this soldier to kind of be under his his domain and they go and they wreck havoc all throughout and then he sees this woman mina yes Mm -hmm. count dracula sees mina and is like that must be mine and that's the movie Mm. yeah yeah i mean i will say i actually didn't really know the story of dracula if I'm being oh, honest, as I was yeah. watching this movie, I realized I had no idea what the story of Dracula actually is. Ooh. Same. Yeah. I mean, I knew of Dracula. He's a right. vampire. Oh, right. Like existed. from the cereal. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. From, from cereal yeah, Dracula. <laughs> but going into it, like, I mean, this is like so lame, but the only reason I, the story became familiar is because I watched the Renfield movie that came out somewhat recently with nick cage Mm -hmm. and they it's kind of supposed to be like a next um like a sequel to the original dracula in a way and that's the only reason i knew the story oh like even somewhat knew the story is just from doing that so i actually before this i had no idea what dracula was about i i I have to admit, and I'm a little embarrassed because, you know, I am part of a spooky movie podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really know the story, and I have never seen this movie. Um, The bits and pieces of, um, I guess, vampire uh, lore that they threw out in the movie, the reason it was familiar was from the show What We Do in the Shadows, where they're talking about, like, dirt from the homeland. I was like, oh, yeah talk about that and what we do in the shadows which yes. is also a great series <laughs> oh and a good movie that's a fun movie oh yeah so fun so fun yeah they made me want to watch it mm-hmm. so i hadn't seen this one but i had seen one i'm trying to think i think it was like the 70s or something that it was done i saw i saw that one or whatever year that um, movie was done i saw so that many. one well, when we were looking up which Dracula to watch, and I'm glad we decided to go with the OG, but we went, when we were looking it up, there was, there's was there been at least like between three and ten Dracula movies every single decade since this one. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a gazillion. Wild. So did, did you like the one that you had seen, Brianna? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely felt like the era that it came from. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was aged a little, um, but it, it was fun. But yeah. then I also read the book. By Brom, I'm guessing you say Brom, not Bram. Brom Stoker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so I fancier. I read that. I was in a book club. Um, it was actually for a church. The book club I was in, and we read Dracula. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I loved the book. Like, if oh, you okay. like reading old school classics like that, I highly recommend reading it because it's a really fun one to read. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you know how 
much they deviated from the original book? Um, I know that they stayed with the main storylines. Like mm-hmm. those things, they didn't go too far off. They obviously took a lot out or like mm-hmm. didn't put in certain storylines. Yeah. Um, but they, I think they stayed respectively close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this was the first um, legal adaptation of the Dracula novel that we were just mentioning. And I say the first legal adaptation because Nosferatu, who's, which is like kind of like the, the original mm-hmm. uh, movie, they, the movie was created from the book, but they never got the rights to it. And so the movie creators were quickly sued and they were tr- trying to get like the movie taken down and stuff because it was so clearly taken from the book, but they never asked or bought the rights to it. So technically, this movie is the first legal, legal. remake of it. Interesting. Yeah. And it's not even, I guess, fully based off of the story. They did buy the rights um, from the novel. But I think the idea was they kind of merged the book and the um, like the play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a combo of the film and the play, which is why I don't think it like fully follows either of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess originally they wanted to make, like the studio, uh, Universal, wanted to make a full big budget adaptation from the novel, but it would have just been way too expensive to make. And we can kind of get into a little bit of the This Time in History, because the movie came out in 1931. Mm-hmm. And so when they were making this movie, it was basically right in the beginning of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, studios just didn't really want to risk a ton of money on a okay. movie. And so they ended up reducing the budget. It was made with a pretty tight budget. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of things to kind of cut costs. Like um, the scene where they're traveling by boat from Transylvania to London. Like yeah. London. Uh, that was actually that full scene was just borrowed from another movie. So they just <laughs> all of the boat stuff uh-huh. that doesn't show the main characters was just fully taken from another movie. Oh my gosh, that's oh my wild! Gosh. Right? I, like that scene was pretty cool because I, as you know, I'm watching. And I thought this is the most horrifying boat ride I can possibly imagine. Yeah. Um, so it was done really well from the other no, movie, I guess. I, I couldn't really tell that they were like. And like it wasn't obvious to me that no. they were completely separate things. No, it was um, not. so yeah, it was borrowed from a silent film called Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about the little a- the little bee in his coffin? Did you guys bee. notice that part? No. Yeah, where the little bee comes out of like there's they all come out of their coffin and then the little bee oh. comes out of his coffin. Wasn't that on the boat? Oh, oh, I forget where that was. If that was at I thought the that was on the boat. Castle or on the boat. It might have been on the boat, yeah. 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 I thought that was so cute. Yeah. Cute. So I, I know, know I loved all the of... things that would come out of the coffins, like, yeah. or like around the coffins, like the possum. And armadillos? Like, 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 it's so unexpected. Like, what are you doing in here? Is it Hungary they were? Or where? I mean, I know it's Transylvania, but what is the country? Oh, well, they're supposed... Wait, yeah. They're supposed to be in... um, Where's Transylvania? I have no idea. Hold on. Oh, yeah, because the subtitles for me showed that, um, like, the, the people in the town were speaking Hungarian. Romania. Oh, okay. Well, I think would be 
Right. But I was like, are, are those our um, armadillos and uh, possums like the U.S. equivalent of rats? Of rats. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <Dang>. no, <laughs> uh, the movie was filmed in like a universal lot in California. Yeah. And they just used animals that were in California. So if anything, I actually don't think they have a lot of the like animals that they showed, like the possums, the armadillos. I think those are pretty unique to California. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that, that might be a little a little um, you know, mess up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so know. random. It felt I don't very think they're random. all over Europe. <laughs> so random. I love it. Yeah. You can start at the beginning, you know. I loved the intro. Yeah. So the intro with um the like classical music, which yeah. you both um reminded me is from Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but just really like emotional and dramatic and intense. And then it's so scratchy sounding. I mean, it's 1931, so oh, it's going to be scratchy yes. sounding, but it was mm-hmm. just, it was, it was a great opening. I agree. Yeah. Gives you all yeah. the feel. I love that just the film, right? Like being able to see the graininess of the film and mm-hmm. like the sounds of it. I, I don't know. I really liked it. I think that mm-hmm. adds to the film. I oh, do too. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, it started out and they were talking about the fact that it was Walpurgis Night. Yes. So um, I forgot to look that up before we started recording. Do either of you know what Walpurgis Night is? No. Because I, <laughs> okay. I, I meant to look it up because I thought that's a really fun word, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> yes. So Walpurgis Night, also known as the Witch's Night. Is celebrated April 30th, like the night of April 30th going into May 1, which okay. is exactly six months before Halloween. Oh. Um, it goes back to the 8th century when the Christian church canonized St. Walburga, I think is how you say her name, okay. um, who had been known for her ability to drive away witches and evil spirits, and her feast day was on May 1. And so... Over time, and especially like Europe and Scandinavia, it it kind of transformed into what seems like a mini Halloween, where like people dress up, they do like bonfires, there's dancing. So it's kind of this holiday that's associated with witchcraft and the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of similar to a Halloween, but Gosh, six we, months before. We have to start celebrating Walpurgis Night. I right? agree. We have to put it on our calendars. That's amazing. So I think it's supposed to be a similar thing where like the, you know, supernatural Mm -hmm. and witchcraft stuff, like the, what is it? It's like the, the veil between living and the dead Mm -hmm. is smaller. So like really similar to, to kind of like a Halloween from what I saw. Fascinating. Right? No, I, I'd never heard of it before this movie. No. But Mm -hmm. I guess if they're supposed to be in Europe during that time. It would make more sense. I do feel like this movie taught us a lesson that, you know, because like don't take a business meeting at midnight. Yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend it. Was I think a good a good mm-hmm. meeting, you know, a, a, or, you know, a good a good thing to learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they tell you not to tell anyone where you're going or mm-hmm. like who you're going to be with, mm-hmm. like maybe just avoid that business transaction. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty solid advice. Yeah. Definitely. Public service announcement. Honest. Let's learn from Renfield. Yes. So you don't end up becoming mm-hmm. his. Wait, what is what would be like the name for that? Obviously, I know it's not familiar. Like I want to say familiar, oh, but I know um, that's not it. No, I no, wrote it's... down um, Renfield becomes his little bitch. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that is that is what it is. That's the legal term. Um, no, no, no. I, wait, I just saw it. Yeah, like was, there's a name for I what? I was looking up the description and I just saw it. Well, he mentions a couple times. He says, you know, that like I'm his slave or, or yeah. He refers to no, him as they that, have a but, word for it. Yeah, um, where he is, he's like a slave. He, he, but like I swear, there's a word for this. So yeah, so basically, this dude Renfield takes this meeting with Dracula, and the townspeople are trying to warn him mm-hmm. um, that you know Count Dracula and his wives um, are shady. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. Renfield goes anyway because he's like he seems pretty greedy like to make some is it is it like that he's trying to make some it's like he is he like a realtor that's what I thought I thought he was some sort of realtor because then they're talking about um him helping him with a lease agreement yeah so I think it's kind of the equivalent of a realtor Mm -hmm. all right I can't find anything so listeners if you know what we're talking about reach out to us tell us what's like tip of my tongue yeah I know yeah, uh, we get the amazing scene of um, Count Dracula pouring Renfield some wine. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> in all of the scenes, like, it's just, it's shot very slowly. Yeah. So it just kind of, there's just these still slow shots that just make it seem so super creepy. Yes. Yeah. And, and it makes you really, like, lean in and pay attention. Yes. Like, you are invested in mm-hmm. that scene, I feel like. And mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. And um, Dracula is just, he talks very slowly. Like the so, no, yes. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like also just very kind of um, melodic almost. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like seductive mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of the way that he talks. Yes. And he just has these big, wide eyes. Just well, and the mm-hmm. way that they film eyes in this movie, like everyone seems to have the most insane eyes you've ever seen. Like they know yes. the angle to get people at. Yes. yes. The eye contact is mm-hmm. huge in this movie. Yeah. 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 Um, and the wine that he pours has got to be poison. That's right. what I assume. Yeah. Or like drugged, right. not poison, yeah. but I guess drugged. Yeah. Well, right. Just to make it more, you know, Sleepy. Yeah. Sleepy. Suggestible. Malleable. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's the word I was looking for. And then, like, I love... So, Renfield passes out, and I love the way that the wives... So, at this point, it seems like Dracula has at least three wives. But yeah. they just wear... They're just beautiful, and they just wear these beautiful, flowy gowns, and they just kind of, like, float into the room mm-hmm. to kind of mm-hmm. approach Renfield. And then Dracula just, like, puts his hand up, like, no go yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so he just like controls them with his mind um and next we know is that they're on the ship right yeah they're and they're leaving they're going to london i guess Mm -hmm. that's a property where renfield was gonna sell to dracula yes yeah the something abbey i think is what yes i forgot what it was oh yeah Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah something abbey and it's across the street from Seward Sanitarium. Yes. Um, so we see that, you know, that horrific shipwreck and or ship ride from hell. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I think that's when we get our first deaths. Yeah. The whole mm-hmm. crew the whole shows crew. up <laughs> at the shore and they're all dead. And like the captain was like tied to the 
to the wheel. Like yeah. The wheel. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could keep staring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, then like the people, um, you know, some people are just investigating this ship that has just all these dead people that showed up on shore. And so they yeah. open up like the little, the, the door, the hatch door to get down below deck. And I honestly did not realize that it was Renfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the character looks so different, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I had to pause because Amazon does where it like shows you Tells the you names of the characters. the characters, and I was like, mm-hmm. "This isn't the same dude, is it?" And it totally mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I have to say, like, I absolutely loved the character of Renfield, the actor Dwight Fry. He nailed it. His yep. his mannerisms. The way that he could just change his facial expressions, his laugh. His mm-hmm. deranged laughter was out of control. It yeah. was so good. He, I saw every time he had a scene, I would just, I was just thinking like, Mike, this guy just nailed it. Like yes. he absolutely, he understood the assignment and he delivered what we were looking for. Completely. I, I thought the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. Because I know a lot amazing. of people talk about the actor who plays uh, Dracula, um, mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi, who who and he right. was great. Oh yes, but in my opinion, I think the star here was. It would have been a different movie if he wasn't the actor for it. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, like he I made think he just did that character. So well. mm-hmm. I really thought the acting by everyone, by Mina, yeah. by Dracula, mm-hmm. by Renfield, mm-hmm. but I thought. It was just amazing. And the doctor, too. Mm-hmm. Amazing all around. But, yeah, I agree. Um, for me, Renfield stole the show. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have our second death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost Which, forgot about all of these somehow. Like, I was doing yeah, the no, I'm, prep for I'm this. Like, and I was like, oh, so no one died in this movie. <laughs> no, and because this one, we didn't get like a ton of um, time with the second death. No. Um, but mm-hmm. it's the death of the flower for your buttonhole girl. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. 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 That's right. <laughs> She's just selling well, flowers for your, for button- your buttonholes. Right. <laughs> Think so of her thing. subtitles. I was like, girl, what are you yeah. selling? Oh, Poor also. Thing. I think just because of the the age of the movie and the way that um, the audio used to be captured, um, I could not have gotten this movie as much as I did without subtitles. So, Spooky Sippers, if you're okay with subtitles, I highly recommend. Oh, I turned them on 30 seconds in because I always <laughs> try to do no subtitles because mm-hmm. it's right. like it's distracting. Right. But the very first scene where we get people talking in the carriage, all uh, of them together. I had to have no them. idea. No. no idea what they were saying. I immediately no. yep. have to turn them on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we get the next death. I have no idea how many people were on the boat, so I, I didn't. I didn't choose a count. I'm gonna just put a group. At least ten. Yeah. One hundred um, people. Yes, one hundred people. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then we get the girl, and I think it's a pretty quick death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm trying to re- trying to remember what happens um the flower for your buttonhole girl yeah yeah so uh, she's just selling the flowers and dracula kind of like seduces Mm. her like Mm -hmm. um and so she's just staring at him because he's just staring at her and Mm. then he just goes to it it looks like i think this is where it looks like he's just gonna go you know kiss her or something but he just Mm -hmm. that's right that's right yes and at some point we meet dracula goes to meet 
the owner of the land he's buying. Um, and his, or I think it's the sanitarium. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think he goes to meet like the, or the, the sanitarium is the neighbor. Yeah. Of the property. Yeah. So he goes, for some reason, he goes to the, meet the neighbor, I guess. And so he mm-hmm. meets, we meet him, um, Lucy and Mina. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mina's fiance. Right. Yes. John. John. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because then Lucy, so this group of people that we've met, Lucy is then, for, I wrote the third event death. <laughs> I yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know there's been more than three, <laughs> but she's the third one. Yeah. So he like goes up into her. So he goes up into her room. So she's sleeping. And I, so much of this movie I loved. The bats, the effects of the bats oh. were so cheesy. <laughs> Oh, in the window and you can see their strings and they're just flapping and it's, it's so obvious from like a stuffed animal or rubber bat that has like strings that they're just flapping. i loved it yeah you know what, though i actually thought for the year for the year that's respectable effort i yeah. think no this this the effects in this movie were innovative for its time yeah the bats, maybe not as much. I I feel like that is the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh-huh. that's not the best execution. The bats are kind of funny, but in yeah, general, right. the effects in this movie were were groundbreaking. I do have to say, the set of this movie with like the staircases, the beautiful staircases, and like mm-hmm. tall, tall rooms, um, and like the coffin room. Oh yeah, it was mm-hmm. so creepy and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It did not. Um, like it did not age. It doesn't seem like one of those, oh, it's old and cheesy movies. Like it right. looks yeah. good. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you could use that set today in a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Oh, they actually did keep the sets around for a really oh, long did time. They? I think well, after they made it for this movie, they just kind of kept them around for years and would reuse them in movies. Oh, cool. Which well, makes sense. <laughs> one of them, um, because our father told us told me this little fun fact, mm-hmm. um, is they used it in the movie Young Frankenstein. They oh. used a lot of the sets from Dracula, um, which cool. I, I didn't know that. I realized, I, oh yeah, I thought it looked really oh, familiar. That's so fun. The scenes, um, so that's cool. Yeah, because you have something that works, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how fun! I feel like we do have to talk about when uh, Dracula meets Mina because I really liked that yes. scene. Like I was. Because Mina's like totally crushing on Dracula. Oh, yes, wow. like I know, I loved it immediately. Like Lucy is not having it, but Mina, she's like, into damn, it. count. She wants to be his goth emo girlfriend. <laughs> the vibe was absolutely there. I was rooting for them. I was like, I know he's a villain. <laughs> they could be villains together, but she can fix him. I can sense it, or he or- can fix her. Yeah, or she she can like just join she, him in the dark side. He won't change, but she yeah. will. Yeah. She'll become a vampire. <laughs> yeah. But just she for a second, does. I was full rom-com. I was like, yeah. oh my God, they're so cute together. Look at their <laughs> energy. Really, they really were. They really they were. were. Oh, they like, were. Sorry, chemistry. John. Yeah. yeah, John, your time is up. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. So I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this is how you know I then... um really liked this movie because my notes now are very far and few between because I was just so into watching it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, me no too. Notes. <laughs> Mine too. Oh, my. No notes. Notes app, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so one one thing though that ends up happening is um yeah so so mina and dracula have like a little love connection Mm -hmm. um but meanwhile uh renfield has gone insane or they i mean we already kind of saw that when they opened up the the latch on the boat he just has crazy Mm -hmm. eyes he's just raving about all kinds of things wanting to eat like uh Mm -hmm. bugs or yeah animals laughing blood just la- his 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 radical laughter. I know. Mm-hmm. So so Renfield ends up going to uh, mm-hmm. the sanitarium, um, which is kind of like the like asylum. Yeah. Well, I think we oh. can talk about Doctor Van Helsing. Yeah. Yes. Because we can queue up the one person who seems to know what's going on here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did love the scene. I I don't know if this is when we first meet him or not, but there's the scene of him with some sort of sciencey setup and a group of people around him, and he has like a little vial with yeah. I think some blood. Yeah, and he pours something in, and it goes clear, and it's like, ah, yes, we are dealing with a vampire here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what test were you running? I know what there test was, like, was a- that. <laughs> Well, I think he says something about it being like it's a, it's not a true alive person. Yeah. So there must be some sort of test to determine if this blood came from something living or dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is what I think. And I I have I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that it was around this time. I heard this quote and I had to write it down because I loved it so much. But the quote was, "There are far worse things awaiting man than death." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's such a good quote!" Like, oh, yeah, yes. I think this was part of their beautiful moment. Is Mina is telling, um, is telling the group about how the Abbey that Dracula just rented reminds her of that spooky poem, and then she starts reciting the poem, and then that's when Dracula like responds that yes, and again they were just you know they were just dark they were and goals. spooky. They were. Hashtag goals. I was rooting for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, because at the same time, um, there's also investigations happening about these people that have died. So the mm. flower for your buttonhole girl and then Lucy, um, they they've identified that they they both have died the same way, where they have yeah. these two little marks in their neck. Yes. Yeah, but they didn't know it was Dracula for a right. bit. Um, I did love the like comedic timing in the scene where they're it's like the doctors are talking about like what could have done it, you know, and there's like, oh, who knows who could have caused the two bite marks. And then the I think it's one of the nurses says like Count Dracula as he's walking in. So it's like, oh, who could have done this? And it's like right. Dracula. Yes. <laughs> yes. I yeah. love that part. I love that. I thought that was a good... Oh! That was just good writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, very good. <laughs> so, just because we're talking about, you know, uh, the doctor and the sanitarium, makes me think about um, the, per- the person I liked the least in this movie was mm-hmm. Martin, the caretaker. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the guys that was working at the sanitarium. Yeah. And he was so rude. He's so he just, mean. He was so mean. He just kept calling uh, Renfield. He kept calling him loony. And he'd be like, come on, fly eater. And you yeah. loony. Like, he was so mean. So mean. 
Oh, <laughs> oh! I was just like, what a terrible, terrible person. Mental health has come a long way. Mental yeah, health has come yeah. A long way. <laughs> I also love that Renfield kept like getting out of his room, and they just never really did anything about it. I know. <laughs> well, and then I was thinking, yeah. So they kept talking about how like Renfield keeps leaving his room for hours, and they don't know where he goes. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, but then does he just come back? Like he doesn't want to be in the sanitarium. So if he keeps breaking out, why does he keep coming back? Right. Why doesn't he just stay out? Well, I think part of it is he, Renfield has these moments of not wanting to help Dracula, right? Which is why he keeps breaking from his control to try to warn them. And so I think for him, it's like he'd rather be in the sanitarium than with Dracula, which is Mm -hmm. why he was like, send me away. Like, I think he couldn't choose to leave. Mm-hmm. I see. Right? He knew he had to stay near Dracula because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. his slave. Yes. True. Um, True. Yeah. Yes. At some point, um, Dracula, is, I don't know if he's just visiting the house um, where Mina is at, um, but at some point he gets her to like come outside while he's outside kind of underneath a tree. Uh-huh. And they have this moment of love. Like where they like are looking longingly at each other and you just see him kind of like put his cape around her. Yeah. And what ends up happening is he, well, we find out later, he is trying to turn her into a vampire. Right. Mm -hmm. And they end up realizing that it's Dracula because he has no reflection in the mirror. Oh, yeah, because they're like arguing in that room Mm -hmm. and there's no... Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They go to get, I think it's like a cigarette, right? Out of a yeah. little box. Yes. And then John and Van Helsing look over and they realize mm-hmm. that he has no reflection, mm-hmm. which is how they realize it's Dracula. So yeah, they try to do this whole like surround the house and Wolfbane. Uh-huh. Wolfbane, yeah. Including her doors and keeping all the windows shut and stuff. And it's like, you you guys had to know this wasn't going to work, right? Right. Like, this well, isn't going to work. <laughs> That's something that confused me a little bit because, I mean, from from a lot of the the horror, you know, stories and movies I've seen, wolf, like, uh, werewolves and vampires are different entities. They are not, yeah. like, interchangeable. Right. And in this movie, they were almost kind of saying, like, you know, sometimes these bloodsuckers turn into wolves or bats. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting that, like, werewolves and bats were almost, or and vampires were kind of, like the same villain in this movie which if i'm not mistaken i do not think that came from the book Mm. like i don't remember reading in the book about that now i i might just be forgetting because it's been a while but like i don't remember it being that oh you could be a vampire or a wolf like Mm -hmm. no i don't think i think it was just vampires in this no yeah that was that was interesting because i think at one point even dracula when he leaves i think they they kind of allude to him turning into a wolf and right. running away in the exactly. lawn. Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. I'd never yes. heard of that. I think yeah. they yeah. maybe just chose to have it be a different right. effect okay. for the story. Yeah, like maybe it just fit this storyline better, you yeah. know? Interesting. Um, so no, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So Mina's kind of um who, might I just say? Is one of the most stunning, beautiful oh, yeah. w- women I have ever seen. She yeah. was just gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. I just, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop staring Agreed. at her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a creep. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, she was. What'd you say? I said, what a creep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am a creep. 
<laughs> but no, she was just beautiful. No, she really yeah. was. She really um, was. Um, but so she's she's kind of telling people that she doesn't, you know, she doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it's it's that she's changing. Um, but it it goes from her, yeah, like kind of not feeling right and being scared to I think suddenly then when it when she really was almost fully a vampire, or maybe even when she was a vampire, um, she then all of a sudden is like, I've never felt better. Right. Oh and yeah. Stronger. Yeah. And like, so then she's got that, you know, love the night twilight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. No. Okay. While watching this, I was like, okay, do we need to watch twilight? Like, I know it's not um, scary, yes. but I Absolutely. think we might need to throw it in. 100%. When we come out there, we're watching twilight together. Is okay. That- yeah. Yeah, when you're in the Pacific Twilight. Northwest, you're we in Twilight. Have to. Twilight is one of those movies that every few years, Brianna and I will get a little drunk mm-hmm. and we'll be like, we should watch Twilight. Maybe it's not as bad as we remember. And then we watch it. Every single time. And we can't get through it. We know. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. All right, add it to the queue. Yeah, we'll have Coming to up soon, Twilight. Oh, yeah. So good. Oh, so good. So Sorry, good. listeners, if any of you out there, this offends. Honestly, oh, if you like offended. this movie, please message us and tell us why. I would honestly, yes. legitimately love to know. Yes. So, uh, full Let's confession. have a conversation. Yeah. Full confession. I loved the Twilight books. When they I first came did. out, I, I read them. I loved them. I kind of just got engrossed in the story. Like, I, I liked the books. I mean, you're not the only one. I think no, a lot it, of people it, really liked the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I They're very simple to read. It's very, you know, young adult. But I, mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed reading the books. I love yeah. Harry Potter. I, I also liked Harry Potter. That's a book. I did that. But, yeah, just the movies um, were done. series. Not oh, so but you know what? Shamefully, I also did do. That unfortunately mm. does tie in is mm. I read the Fifty Shades books. Oh, those were like a Twilight fan fiction. So, oh gotta, my god, do we need a do we need to do the Twilight Fifty Shades back to back? Yes, and then just review them both. Yes, hands down, and we okay, will be your Valentine's Day episode. Yes, Valentine's Day. <laughs> That'll. Oh God, I think we have to. That will should. that will feed into our our uh, sexy sips spinoff. Yes, that we're gonna yes. do hard the, launching the sexy, sexy sips of movies. Yeah, <laughs> love it. This okay. is the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh. so good. We're gonna have to get oh. really drunk for that one. Oh, yeah, we're gonna have yeah. to get so drunk. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what we were talking about. It um, gone. Oh, okay. Wait, one thing we haven't talked about is what is account. Oh, oh yeah. yes. For those of us Cannot who please are enlighten us. Yes. So last and- night I was curious because I was like, is that a real thing? Like, yeah. Count Chocula. Like, is that a real thing? You know, mm-hmm. um, it is. So it's someone who falls in the middle of the social hierarchy. So they're not like a queen or a king. Because it's not like, oh, my dad was a king or my, you know what I mean? It's more just like, you know, you're not quite the level of king or queen. It's like if you were sophisticated and fancy and you fell into that role. Okay. So you're like high born, but you're not royal. Yes, exactly. And you're high born and then you get really far in your hierarchy. Like you 
you professionally, you do well. And like, you know, you, mm-hmm. you get up there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah, that's what a, that's what a count is. Nice. I've, I've never known. That's I've always what, heard of count and countesses. Hold up oh what gosh. I was looking up. <laughs> count Jocula. Hey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 oh, it's amazing. Well, ladies, we also haven't talked about what we're sipping on oh. today. Oh, yeah. I think we all kind of collectively chose this together. Yeah. yeah. The stars aligned. So yeah. it's been um a uh, uh favorite of the spooky sips podcast ladies for quite some time oh since yeah. our childhood <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i don't think i only remember this being around for like the last 10 years i was 14 <laughs> well, well no but the vampire wine. <laughs> yeah oh wait yeah yeah <laughs> okay. well anyway what we are sipping on is vampire wine Mm. so um i don't know if this is everywhere not just utah um but vampire wine it's a brand um and they they are not on the shelves unless it's halloween season Mm -hmm. so suddenly Mm -hmm. i've never seen them i've never been able to find them if it's not halloween time okay but suddenly like late september early october they pop up in the liquor stores and they have branched out and have more than they ever used to. Yeah. Like it used to be they had one red and one white, but now mm-hmm. they have cabs and Pinot Noirs and Yeah. So I all different types. So I um I have both in my home right now. Um and uh I have or sorry, both of the red versions. I have the Pinot Noir and the Cabernet. Mm-hmm. Um and usually when you um are looking for them Again, especially in the liquor stores, they come with little vampire capes, which is amazing. That fit the bottles. And if you want to know what we're talking about, just go to our Instagram and you'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want me to read from the vampire Ooh. label? Yeah. No. Tell us about it. So, Vampire Vineyards has a long tradition of crafting quality wines from premium California grapes. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm drinking the Pinot Noir. It says our Pinot Noir delights the palate with strawberry jam, pomegranate, and black cherry flavors. This graceful wine is supported by hints of spice, smoke, and violets on the finish. And it's from Napa, California. Mm. And it's quite good. I like both the cab and the Pinot. I was just more in the mood for a Pinot Noir because it's the afternoon and it's the lighter wine. That's an afternoon yeah. wine. Yeah. Like, technically, it's it's evening now, so we're fine. Cabernet oh, is yeah. an evening wine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh, um, ladies. I think we have to add a stop to our Spooky Sips go on tour because I think oh. they have a tasting room called the Vampire Lounge. Oh, my gosh. At the Vampire Vineyards in California. We have to go. And yeah. this is added added to the stop. Yep. That would be so much yep. fun. Our haunted so cool. and um, winery tour. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Love it. I love it. Maybe we'll need to hire a driver. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And can we please call him Renfield? Yes. 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 <laughs> if we pay him enough, we can probably call him whatever we want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, so where we digressed when we were talking about uh, Mina suddenly like feels more like powerful mm-hmm. and she feels great and strong. Right. Kind of like yeah. the vampires in. 
Twilight. Twilight, right. Yes. Okay, there yes. we go. There it was. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> um, But then I guess we could get to the last, I, would you call it a death? Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know I'm if you seeing. would count it as a death or not. Count well, it as a death. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So they they somehow um so then uh Dr. Van Helsing knows all of these vampire facts. Yes. Like he knows, I think it's the doctor, right, that knows like the only way he's that... dedicated his life to this study, which oh. is what I wish I could do with my life. Oh man. Dedicate it to vampire study. Maybe that's yeah. what I'll start doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a job, so, you know. You know? I mean, I think because I think at one point in the movie, he talks about that, where it's like, this is his field of study, and this is what he has been focusing on, and that's why he knows all of this. Mm -hmm. You're right. I I thought he was just, like, oddly knowledgeable about vampires. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like, he knows knows that um, uh, Dracula, the only way he can be where he's at in london is if every day during the day he sleeps on soil from his homeland Mm -hmm. from transylvania um and he knows that also the that vampires sleep in coffins Mm -hmm. um and he also knows um well he also knows the things to to try to protect against the vampires like Mm -hmm. that's why he has the wolf's bane all around mina's room Mm -hmm. Uh, um he like Gives Mina a cross for protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he knows that the only way to kind of end the life of this undead creature is with a stake through their heart. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, doesn't the stake have to be made of, or is that not? I think it has to be made of wood. I right? think. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. I, I wasn't sure if it had to be or if I was just mm-hmm. misrecalling that. Yeah. Yeah. No. So then we see Mina and Dracula. I don't know if we see them leave or not. No, we do. Right. We see them go. Yeah, I think we do. We see them leave. Yes. They go slowly down Uh the stairs. Yes. 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 We see them go to the castle Mm -hmm. and they hear her scream. Yeah. And the doctor and Mina's dad, whose name I'm forgetting, also see Renfield heading towards the castle. So they immediately realize, okay, Mm -hmm. if he's heading there, it's because Dracula is there. Right. So we'll follow him that way too. Mm-hmm. So they follow him over. Uh, Dracula's mad at Renfield. We get right. a little pause because he's right. like, no, I didn't lead them here. You know, yeah. it wasn't me. I swear I'm loyal to you. Right. And Dracula's having none of it. Yeah. He's like, get out of here. Yeah. And right. we see the, the slowest fall down a set of stairs. I know. <laughs> I love that. that one was kind of comical. I was like, this This one could have been sped up. They could have done <laughs> yeah. a little yes. bit. You know, the scene with the boat that we got earlier, they sped it up. Exactly. Love it. They kind of sped up the fall a little bit. Um, So Renfield tumbles down onto the floor. And then we see, we know Dracula and Mina are down where like the coffins are. And we've kind of talked about already the setup of the room. But it is so cool because you can just see tunnels. Like the the idea is like you can tell this place is massive. Oh yeah, you like go. Yeah, you see yeah. the illusion that like yeah. it's ginormous, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. So the doctor and Mina's dad get down there, and they're kind of like running back and forth, and then they see the coffins. Yes, and Dracula's in one of them mm-hmm. because it is now daytime, and right. so he has to go back to sleep. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we're supposed to assume that Mina's in the other cage. Or in the other cage, in the other coffin. <laughs> coffin, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I did anyways. That's what <laughs> well, I yeah. Because they open it and then they close it, but they don't really say she's in it. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think that the the viewer was supposed to be like, oh, right. they saw her and just closed yeah. it. Right. Yeah, where it's like where the idea was like, this is so upsetting. They don't that even want to see. Right. Yeah. They know she's in there right. kind of thing. Um, so Van Helsing goes, I think he like takes off a piece of the wood from the coffin mm-hmm. or something. Yes. yes. Asks them, you know, his dad to go get something heavy. Uh-huh. To stab him through the heart, and he kills Dracula. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I thought, see, yeah, I thought the ending was kind of abrupt. It was <laughs> yes, so I did abrupt. Too. I was like, "Is like I checked my computer because I was yeah. like, oh, did I get the wrong edition? Like I thought something yeah. was wrong.' <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, we see Dracula dies. Mina was standing in a corner, and she's fine. But like, okay. she wouldn't be fine, right? She's still a vampire. Yeah. Well, so I almost was thinking that they were kind of making it seem like because the person who turned her is mm-hmm. now dead, she uh, now is not a vampire. Because it, it made it like that she was yeah. back to a human again. I don't know if that's true. I, really? I don't know. Hmm. She seemed I, so, yeah, like normal. She seemed normal. Like, she seemed like she was broken yeah. from the spell. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Yeah. They they didn't explain. I can't remember in the book what they said, and now oh. I can't recall. In the novel, Mina recovers from the vampire's curse upon Dracula's yeah, death right here. and lives on with her husband Jonathan. Yep. However, in some media, media, Mina is killed at some point in the story, while in others she becomes a full vampire and keeps her powers after the death of Dracula. That was it. That was all it said. Okay. It. And it's very abrupt, too. I was trying, I yeah. thought I had remembered that, too, because I even put a post it note in my copy being like, the ending is so sudden. And yeah. the ending of the book is very sudden as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I yeah. guess that's just how they want it. He wanted it, but. Okay. That yeah. is mildly disappointing. The mm-hmm. the ending was was a little disappointing. I expected Dracula to live, um, personally. I know. Yeah. Somehow he would, like, Renfield would have mm-hmm. actually been, survived the fall and totally fine and then come and save his master. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Mina would mm-hmm. go and stop them. Mm-hmm. I fully thought Dracula was going to survive at the end. Yeah. I have to say, I I would have been happier if both Dracula and Mina had survived. Yeah. Lived happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. Would she just have then become the fourth wife? Because I I don't know. Yeah, but there was something different about her. She would have been different. Well, see, but that's the thing, right? Their chemistry, I wanted wanted a beautiful, consensual, emo relationship. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get that. No. No. That would have been ideal, really. Damn. (laughs) Dang. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, should we get into some more fun facts? Yes, please, because yeah. I bet there are see. plenty. Oh, there's so many. There's so so many, but I'm well, just gonna movie, get into I, a little bit. I, I can't I, I'm not surprised because this movie is so classic. Again, I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of embarrassed I've never seen it before. Honestly, same. I know. But it's so classic and and well done and just inspires so much that mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's just it's a staple. So 
Mm-hmm. There's got to be just so much that has come from this movie mm-hmm. that, of course, oh, there's going to be good facts. So much, you know? so much, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's just get into the like the the quick facts. The movie I thought this was really funny. It was released on Valentine's Day. It was released oh. on February 14, 1931. See, it, it was a love story. Love. It is. It is ultimately <laughs> about love. Oh, um, it has a runtime of 75 minutes. Mm-hmm. I always a fan. If you can get it, you always. have to earn over 90 minutes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this movie, it did feel quick. The ending may be too quick. Yeah. But the pacing was actually, considering how slow some of the sh- scenes played out, mm-hmm. the pacing of it. I thought it felt pretty good. Oh, totally. I, think I it was felt good. I was never, ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was never bored. I was never, you know, because mm-hmm. in sometimes old movies, it's just the pacing is different, and so you, you know, our attention span has gotten and right. Yeah, yeah, like we don't we don't have the same attention span as people in the nineteen thirty one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but this movie, like, it moved. It was yeah, yeah. Cool. I guess originally the movie ended with van helsing giving like a long speech mm. um but they ended up removing it from the movie because they feared that religious groups would be offended because it encourages the belief in the supernatural oh, so that was originally i think it was even released with that but mm-hmm. then removed Okay. Wow. So that would have added a few minutes uh-huh. to the movie, but still would have kept it pretty short. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So, oh, one thing I noticed was when you just searched this movie, you know, just like Dracula, nineteen thirty-one. The genre that I saw it pop up as was a pre-code horror film. Did you guys see that? Oh anywhere? no. What does that okay. mean? Yeah. So I was curious about. It, so I looked it up. So there was kind of this pre-code Hollywood era. It, from 1927 to 1934, which is before the establishment of the Production Code Administration, so like the PCA, which is where we normally get a lot of the ratings. Okay. So they established the PCA in 1930, but they didn't really enforce the rules. And so like kind of local laws and stuff would be what dictated what could be in a movie. Okay. And so from 1927 to 1930, you get this like kind of weird little era of Hollywood where movies depicted like sexual innuendo, profanity, like illegal drugs, promiscuity, violence. And there were no really guidelines saying that they couldn't do it. Wow. And so it was this kind of fun little era. Yeah, my gosh. Before they, you know, had a lot of guidelines saying that they probably shouldn't do that. that. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like this movie in particular didn't really have that much that would push current guidelines. Right. I mean, they had, you know, murder and multiple lives. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think when when I went to play it, I think it had said something about like smoking <laughs> it was oh. like the warning like it depicts smoking and <laughs> yeah something else but like yeah pretty mild yeah i think this movie was pretty wild but it came out during an era where they could have right. done a lot more i want to find like a wild one that they had oh the- i think there's there's kind of a list of this whole era i'll have to look for films, that <laughs> which yeah which is fun 
We'll pick another one from that list for our uh, sexy sips. Yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> After dark, Patreon yeah, only episodes. Yes. <laughs> um, see what else we, oh, in 2000, this movie was selected by the, law, the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry. Hmm. So other people agree. Very significant movie. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. A lot of people say... It really kind of started horror films in Hollywood. I think it's hard to say any movies that started it. Agreed. You know, it was based on a book that was written in the 1800s. Right. It's right. right like that. But clearly there was influence right. from way back when. But it was, I think, one of the first Hollywood horror movies. Mm-hmm. I think it makes yeah. sense that they would, you know, preserve it. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about the opening music being from Swan Lake. But... Another thing that's interesting with the music is that there is no music in this movie. There's pretty much no soundtrack. I noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. It's quiet, Mm -hmm. um, which adds to eerie. I think that actually adds to it, right? Absolutely. I I think that's part of what makes it so good is the scene where at the very beginning where Renfield first enters Dracula's castle and we just see... The giant castle, absolute silence, mm-hmm. a couple animals, and then Dracula descending from the stairs. Like, it is just, like, so simple, so yeah. creepy. Uh-huh. You didn't really need added music. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. No, it was I, a moment I, in its own. Mm-hmm. I love that it it stayed quiet in a lot of those scenes. I love yeah. that part. Yeah. So I think a lot of that was just due to, like, limited technology. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think getting any sound in a movie was innovative. So adding a score on top of it, I, I think it was possible. Maybe that don't mm-hmm. quote me, right? Um, but it it would have been very new mm-hmm. for the time. And the idea of releasing this horror style movie in America was pretty unique. So it was like, why add a whole other layer of right. spooky music? Yeah, right. Was kind of the thought behind it, but I. I didn't feel like it hindered it. I thought yeah. it helped. No, it's great. Cause yeah. That makes me think, when was when was sound first in a movie? Because it went from silent movies mm-hmm. to the talkies. <laughs> I don't know when the first talkie was. Um <laughs> so let's see. Uh yeah, look oh, nineteen twenty-seven. Yeah. So, so not that the first feature film originally presented as a talkie was the jazz singer. Which was mm. um, in 1927. So really, it's only been a few years that talking was even in. Yeah. yeah, it was not that m- mm-hmm. much before then. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, we we've talked about the eyes in this yeah. movie. Uh, in the film, you'll notice that Dracula never blinks. Uh, I think if you go back and track it, you'll never see him blink. Oh. And one of the ways that they got the effects of his eyes to extra highlight it is they kind of just blasted tiny flashlights directly around his eyes. Cause oh. you can see in the, it looks like he has like a light, but only around uh-huh. his eyes. And I feel like that would be so painful. Oh yeah. Can you imagine two tiny yeah. flashlights directly into your eyeballs? Yeah. While recording. No, <laughs> that, that sounds miserable. <laughs> right. And then not blinking. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, he did a great job. He of did it, a great. Right? No, kudos yeah. to him because yes. it worked really well. Uh-huh. It was fun, but it sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do know the actor that played Dracula. Um, 
Bella Lugosi. He, oh, wait, what is the name of the, like, actors who, like, have to stay in character? Oh, method acting? Method, yes. He's very much so a method actor. Okay. So he would cool. walk around set in his little cape just saying, I am Dracula. He would, Drinking like, look at himself blood. in the mirror, like, <laughs> I am Dracula. So just he was very people. much so into the method acting. Committing <laughs> murder. Yeah, love it. I did see a couple things online where it's like, I, there's no way to know if this was true or not, right? That a lot of the uh, people working on the set and like the actors and stuff didn't take the movie super seriously when they were recording. Mm. It was kind of like unorganized. People weren't kind of like laughed about it, but mm. he took it seriously. He okay. was Dracula. He yeah. was fully committed to that character. Nice. Well, it paid off. I, the movie it did pay off. So good. Yeah. 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 It did pay off. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the fun facts I have no, for you guys. No, I love that. Honestly, there's so much oh, of course. in this movie. And like, it's been around for so long that people have pulled out every detail. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I saw somewhere that in the scene where we first meet the wives, you know, where all three of them are walking in, mm-hmm. I think one of them, like, steps on the dress of another one, and you can slightly see them trip or something. Yeah. Like, People have analyzed this movie to oh, such a indeed. minuscule level. Wow. I mean, I, I bet it's probably actually even been done. Like, you could write, like, a full, like, doctoral level dissertation oh, sure on this movie. I, or oh, I bet it's been I done. would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I would not be surprised. <laughs> How fun. Um, yeah. yeah. So is this a good time to dive into some psych? <gasps> I went down some rabbit holes. Uh, oh, I'd love to hear this. So love nice a rabbit hole <laughs> today. We're so, ready. Um, we'll we'll start off with something um, a little bit simple, and then we'll go into some diagnoses. Um, so we were talking about the eye contact, and um, you know the the staring that Dracula did. So let's just talk a little bit about the psychology of why, like that was so obvious to us. And like almost kind of like disconcerting, like it made us uncomfortable, the eye contact. So just human nature is we're all really attentive to eyes. Um, even babies, like it even before they're one years old, they'll be able to follow the gaze of someone else because it's a really good way to communicate and connect with people. Eye contact. Um, so generally. Direct gaze, making eye contact with someone, it's it's associated with um, you know the the person who is involved in that direct gaze um, will think that the the person looking at them is sincere, that they're confident, that they're interested in you. Um, it conveys attraction, trustworthiness, respect, and intimacy. So good things about eye contact. Brianna, you're laughing. What are you laughing at? Nothing. I was just going to say, but what about indirect gaze? Oh, we'll get to that. Well, no, but it sounded like you said, like, gaze. Like, the gaze. Oh, oh. <laughs> gaze, like gaze, gazing. I know what you were saying. <laughs> G-A-Z-E. <laughs> but I heard it was a Y. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I don't know. I have nothing funny to respond with that. <laughs> um so someone hold on (laughs) so someone who avoids eye contact is often seen as cold 
evasive, fearful, shy, and indifferent. Um, and if someone's kind of like averting gaze, like actively avoiding, or like you're you're trying to make eye contact and they're um, looking away, a lot of times that means that they don't have confidence, um, or that they're rejecting you, or that they're lying. Is is common kind of acceptance. Yeah. Um, although interestingly enough, some research shows that when a person is lying, you know, you you kind of always hear like, oh, here's how you can tell if someone's lying. They're not going to look at you. Mm-hmm. It's actually the opposite. A lot of times when people are lying, they make more eye contact, probably oh. because they're overcompensating. Like mm-hmm. they they know they're lying and they know, oh, well, if I don't look, it's going to be obvious that I'm lying. So they make actually more extra eye contact. contact. Mm-hmm. I yeah. myself am a liar. Um, <laughs> I, I just say I'm, I lie a lot. I don't know why. You make great eye contact. I lie about shit I don't even need to. Um, but I make amazing eye contact. I know how to you know, keep <laughs> You've them. You've nailed just the right amount. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, but then, then if you take it to the extreme, someone who stares like Dracula, is seen as tense, angry, and unfriendly. Um, And a lot of um, the studies that I was reading over is like staring. It's a sign of dominance. So, um, you know, if you stare at someone, it's almost kind of like you think that you're dominant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how you respond when someone is staring at you, it actually says a lot about how powerful you feel. Hmm. So like... Imagine someone is just staring you down. Do you stare back? Is your instinct style <laughs> exactly like? Imagine Dracula's looking at you. Is your instinct stare back or look away? Mine is look away because clearly I don't think I'm very powerful. <laughs> oh, see, I would say stare back. See, so you'd be like, per- what? You perceive yourself as more powerful. <laughs> I'd give them a weird look and then look away. You okay. know, like the like, what are you doing? But I'll look. But I'm. But I'm also going to look away. I'd okay. like be confrontational. <laughs> yeah. So that says a lot more about like you and your perception of your own power than the the person trying to be dominant by staring at you. I mean, I guess also it depends on who it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like in in the Dracula's case too, it really depends on like is he mesmerizing them. Are they, do they Mm -hmm. stare back at him because Mm -hmm. he's kind of hypnotizing them? Or can he only do that with people that then meet his gaze? Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe. And eye-to-eye contact causes an arousal reaction. So no matter what, it's going to cause an arousal reaction. Now, is that going to be an arousal like, oh, I love you or, oh, mm-hmm. let's I'm gonna fight. I'm going to your ass. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, because mm-hmm. yeah, like there's that phrase, you know, if two, it, I forget, it, it's not a phrase, but it's kind of like a, a known thing. If two people stare at each other for more than like a few seconds, uh-huh. it, me- it either means they're, you know, having some sex, about to have some sexy time or about to kill each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that's why people stare. Right. Yeah. Um. So I just... I, the staring in this movie was so notable that I kind of wanted a little dive into like, yeah, why I, think, was that? I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also changes culture by culture too. But for sure, I do think that is one thing um, because even though it can say a lot about kind of, you know, how you view yourself, it also can just say about 
just your preference. Right. So, you know, in a, a culture which is a lot more accepting of neurodivergence, there's there's some people with different characteristics and personalities um, that that just do not like eye contact. It doesn't mean they think they're not powerful. It just means they don't like eye contact. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Nope. I think yeah. eye contact is super interesting. Yeah. Well, and it's also interesting too, like we're recording this on Zoom. Yeah. And it's, who are we making eye contact with? It's hard to know when we're talking. Yeah. Who we're listening to. Well, and you know what's weird is that when you look at the screen and you look at a person, you do still look at their eyes. At least I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, same. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so wild to me. No, it's interesting. It's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why Dracula got to us so much because of his intense intense eye contact. Yeah. Interesting. So it's been a little while since I've done an actual diagnosis. Mm. Um, but I'm going to do a diagnosis. Um, have either of you heard of the very appropriately named Renfield syndrome? No. no. So I am going to go ahead and diagnose several people in this movie, Dracula included. <laughs> Um, and Renfield, with Renfield syndrome. What? No, I'd never heard of this. So it was it was uh, coined by a man named, where did he go? Richard Knoll, that he, he coined the term. Um, it's not in the DSM. Um, and really, kind of its um, uh, definition, I guess, is where it kind of like resembles an eating disorder involving the consumption of blood or and or living animals. That's oh. kind of like how it's like classified as a disorder. Yeah. Um, and um, the person who, again, who coined the term, who came up with it, um, here's how he theorizes it goes down. So the condition starts with some event in your early childhood, which like causes like the experience of blood to be exciting. Um, or like the ingestion of blood to be exciting. A lot mm-hmm. of times he theorized that it was like almost like um uh auto vampirism, where like something oh, happens yeah. and like you taste your own blood, but then that becomes exciting. Mm-hmm. Um he then um hypothesized that then um after puberty, that excitement about blood moves to being something sexual, like it's a it leads to a sexual arousal. And then um, throughout, you know, er, older adolescence and adulthood, um, blood or the presence of it and consuming it can s- stimulate power and control. Mm-hmm. Um, so this sen- syndrome has been used actually not even that long ago as a defense against a murderer. So this person who uh, was murdering people and then like consuming their blood mm-hmm. um, was saying, oh, well, this is textbook Renfield syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I also found this website and I thought maybe the two of you uh, can can take this uh, quiz together. <laughs> <laughs> How to Love know it. if you have Renfield syndrome. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, number one, ask yourself the following questions. Am I attracted to or aroused by the sight of blood? <laughs> you don't actually have to answer. I'll just ask. No. I'm not. Do, I have, do I have a sensory or aesthetic attraction to blood? Like, do you enjoy the smell or the sight? I'd say I have the opposite. 
Oh, you know what? I would say I do. Mm. Yes. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you have sexual fantasies involving blood? Doesn't have to be about injuries to other, just blood in general. Okay. I can't say. If you answer yes to these questions, you may have a blood fetish. Now, what if you only answered yes to one of the three? Um, then you're probably, you're probably okay. You're probably okay. Oh, okay. That's it. We're fine. <laughs> um, well, because All then right. it says it's not pathological unless it's Im- impairing your ability to function in life. I would say I'm disappointed. But then it still has like some warning and safety tips. Oh, we're not done. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you answered no, um, to the questions above, um, you can also answer then these questions do you mm-hmm. fantasize about vampires or being a vampire no can't, can't say i do do you enjoy vampire fiction now that yes, yes. <laughs> does attraction to blood center around vampirism or vampire imagery not really quite what does it no if you answered yes to these questions you may have more of an attraction to the vampire subculture or oh. vampire fetishism than mm-hmm. necessarily having uh, Renfield syndrome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the questions above didn't apply to you, let's keep going. Okay. Yeah, there's more. Um, do you injure animals? No. In order to drink their blood? Oh, God, no. Do you, no. Do you injure yourself to drink blood? No. no. Have you ever injured someone or plan to injure someone to get their blood? Oh, God. Do you believe that you obtain special powers from drinking blood? Yes. Um, and do you believe you need to ingest blood to survive? Like yes. these are these are questions on this website. See yes. that escalated. Like mm-hmm. I feel like these questions should come before the last questions. Uh-huh. I, I think agree. so too, right? You know, like that. Yeah, that de-escalated uh-huh. and then escalated. Uh-huh. Well, and then to give this website credit, they then do say if you answered yes to these questions, you want to seek help from a qualified psychiatrist, doctor, or therapist. Oh well, see there. <laughs> um so i i feel like we forgot to give our disclaimer oh yeah so let's remember that i am not a real doctor um but it's okay because these are not real people yeah. they're vampires and also spoiler <laughs> alert renfield syndrome is not a real syndrome wait what uh... it's all fake Oh my god. So here's the wild part about the syndrome. And I hope no one who is actually a psychologist was listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, Laura is <laughs> they so were wrong. Working, they were drafting the email as we speak. They were ready. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, you guys. It's not a real syndrome. Um, although people believe that it is. That was a real website I was reading to you. Mm. The case of someone using it in their defense against a murder trial is real. Um, so Richard Knoll, who created the term, he did it as, as satire. Oh, he, he was making fun of kind of like the psychobabble of the time. Um, he, he, uh, kind of explained like of all the DSM, um, this was, uh, uh, older versions of the DSM before it is what it is now, um, of all of the DSM, you know, uh, 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 diagnostic categories and conditions he thought you know only a handful of them have actually any like real um provable basis to them Mm -hmm. um and it it was really just something that he was kind of just making up because like he liked vampires he thought they were interesting i think he was thinking about becoming a writer like for a fiction stuff oh my gosh yeah um 
So he made up this joke condition and it's been years and years where people actually still refer to it and think that it's real. Oh my gosh. Um, And he even, I think it was back in 2013, he actually like um, went and did this speech in front of people just talking about how this was never real. This was a joke. Yeah. The fact that people still use it just kind of proves my point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he gave one of the quotes that's one of my favorite quotes I've ever read. Um, He said, I'm sorry to say this, and this isn't very clinical or very sophisticated or academic, but some people are just fucking nuts. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) So that is a quote by Richard Knoll. Oh my God, I um, love that. Came up with uh, Renfield syndrome, which is not a real syndrome. That is awesome. That's really funny. (laughs) But it's all over the internet. Like if you look it up, like Uh it's all over the internet. People don't realize that it's not real. That is oh, that's wild. Funny. Yeah. Um, but th- wow. I mean, there has been in the past before this, there has been like um talk, and again, it's not in the DSM, but talk of clinical vampirism. Yeah. Um, yeah. and um typically though, that's gonna fall under things like other mental health uh-huh. uh uh categories like schizophrenia, uh paraphilia, that's that's being aroused by something other than a consenting human partner. So like Mm, blood mm -hmm, mm -hmm, or a box or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like paraphilia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Or like dissociative identity disorder, which we've Mm -hmm. talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, Or PTSD. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, there are people that do consume blood, but it's not Renfield syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went down this rabbit hole of people that do consume blood. Oh, my Uh gosh. Talk about RIP search history. Oh, no. Holy cow. So Did um, you at least use incognito mode? I know. I forgot to. And I used my own. I I haven't used incognito mode in years. The the feds are going to be like, who the is this girl? (laughs) You're already on the list. It's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm already on the list. list. It's fine. I'm still on the list. (laughs) It's fine. They can have me. So, um, the, there's several terms that is used for people that, uh, consume blood. There's sanguine, sanguinarians is the one that most commonly came up for Mm -hmm. me or, uh, sanguivores or med sangs or, uh, psychic vampire or psy vamps. And, and the psychic vampire or psy vamps, Mm -hmm. they believe that you absorb psychic energy. From blood it's not it's not just like the rest of the sanguinarians mm-hmm. so sanguinarians they have like all of these like uh groups online um and communities Are and you it's on all the forums? about like <laughs> yes these forums it's all about like advocacy and health so typically people are a sanguinarian because they either believe that it prevents problems or that it leads to like optimal health. So a lot of the sanguinarians that I was like reading their full life stories, <laughs> oh um, a, a lot of times the, the problems they think that it that consuming blood uh, prevents is digestive problems a lot of times, hmm. like fatigue. Um, and they really feel like uh, they they can't function without the blood. And it varies anytime, like anywhere between drinking like like a shot of blood like every few months to like a pint a day or something like that. Jeez. What kind of blood? Yeah, well, like 
So typically it's going to be human blood. So the community typically will consist of vampires and willing donors. Oh, like okay. I was reading about a lot of a lot of people tend to have like one specific donor mm-hmm. that will um like the one guy he was married to um a, a vampire and mm-hmm. so he was like asking around like she was really hungry so I gave her a little too much and now I'm feeling like really tired like what do oh, I do no. and so like he he like gives her his blood huh. oh, wow um so there was this one dude that did this like really comprehensive research study on vampires in New Orleans and Buffalo go Bill hey. <laughs> um <laughs> And so he was like researching the vampire cultures and um, he was talking about how like vampire, like if you self-identify as a vampire, it's kind of a way to achieve, to achieve some empowerment and resist like norm culture. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of like a counterculture type of thing. Yeah. Um, But a lot of times like vampires aren't going to be like the cloak wearing, um, like thing no they'll just be normal well some of them are like that but that's more like a lifestyle that some vampires choose to engage in other vampires are just going to be typical you know they'll bring their kids to like vampire conventions and things and they're not going to dress like a vampire that's that's more of like like a style you choose yeah mm-hmm. um versus just this this um affinity or what they perceive as like a need for consuming blood Mm -hmm. but there's um i think the website that that i did the biggest deep dive in was this sanguinarians.com and you can just read all of these like health articles and Mm -hmm. um it's like advocacy for like why sanguinarians shouldn't be you know stereotyped against (laughs) and um it's fascinating that's fascinating. You found a whole community. I found a whole yeah. community. Mm-hmm. All right. Of real vampires. Sometimes All they right. refer to themselves as. But, it's always fascinating when you learn about like a whole group of yeah. people, like community that you would like never knew existed before, you yeah. know? Right. Yeah. No, so it's um it's like like they've got their their own culture and everything. It's fascinating. Yeah. That is fascinating. So, yeah, I don't think I've ever met a real vampire. I haven't. No, not not that I can think of. Unfortunately, maybe one will come to our Halloween party. I mean, yeah. well, also if you go to these websites, um, you can like find out when their conventions are. Oh. We could maybe go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll look into it. Yeah. Stop. So that was that was my deep dive a little bit into uh, vampire and sanguinarians and Renfield's not a syndrome syndrome. Yeah, that was a great psych segment. It like, was, that was a good one. It was well so done. fascinating to well done. Read. Yeah. I'm sorry if I duped you about the Renfield syndrome. <laughs> no, I love it. You got us. I was like, I got to pretend it's good. real, and then fully convinced. That's good. I yep. just fully accepted it. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, that's crazy that that's what it's called. <laughs> exactly. I love that the guy that did it came up with this whole like theory as to how it develops like childhood adolescence adulthood like this is how it comes up and got into um, it like he came up with this whole thing but like it was always a joke he never mm-hmm. acted like it was serious and yeah. yet people just ran with it oh my gosh they just ran with it well should we get a little bit into the history yeah. yes 
1931 was a not great time, really, Mm -hmm. in the U.S. I'm going to focus on the U.S. because this was a Hollywood release. Right. You know, and it first premiered in New York, I think, two days before the official release. Like, Mm. it's an American movie. Right. Uh, So 1931 was kind of rough. The stock market crash of 1929 was still in full effect. I bet. (laughs) Unemployment was, I think, at around 16% or 8 million people were unemployed in the U.S. In 1931, 2,500 banks failed in the U.S., which led to kind of like a second crash. There was like the 1929 and the 1931. Looked like maybe things were... On the up and up, and it was like, no, no, just kidding. I think one big European bank crashed, which led to a whole effect in the U.S. because so many of the U.S. banks were invested in the European markets. Mm. Um, we saw a lot of car manufacturers close, uh, where it left pretty much only the big companies like Ford, General Motors. Yeah. They survived it, but pretty much all of the little guys ended up having to close because people couldn't afford their basic needs. So they absolutely could not afford a car. Right. Um, the dust bowl was in its early years. And so this whole section of America was dealing with insane droughts, um, no access to, you know, food and stuff, soil erosion, uh, shout out if anyone hasn't read The Worst Hard Time. It is a 10 out of 10 book about the Dust Bowl and like the experience mm-hmm. of it. I'll just shout out. Oh, I haven't um, read that. It's a really good book. Oh. Um, I read it in high school randomly and then I like reread it a couple mm-hmm. years ago. So good. Ooh, okay. um, sounds so, sounds like a real uh, uplifting book. <laughs> it is not. It is not. I would, <laughs> don't go into that expecting positivity. Uh, mob crimes were at an all-time high in the U.S. and just like mob-related issues. And so it had a big effect on film. Like just to kind of, you know, relate what was Hollywood doing during this time because they couldn't make films that covered the traditional, quote-unquote, American values of mm-hmm. self-reliance and like overcoming the odds to do something and like kind of like the typical American stories, they couldn't do that anymore because the average American was really struggling to do anything. Um, But movies offered an escape, right? I mean, like they always have, where even during a Great Depression, people were going to the movies because you want to escape your life and want to watch something else. Yeah. But it forced movie makers to come up with something else because the American public was done with the traditional, you know, heroes that they were seeing. So I feel like that maybe helped to make this Dracula movie a bigger success because it was a success. It it did really well when it first premiered in New York and it did great when they fully released it. Mm -hmm. They sold like, I don't even know how many tickets. It was a giant success. Wow. And I think that may have been part of it because people were just looking for something new. Like it's it's monsters. It's like, you know, it's like sexy and it's like it's something totally out of the norm. Yeah. The nightmare of the real day-to-day shit isn't in there, you know? Exactly. So let's focus on a nightmare that, like, has this, like, nice kind of happy ending. Dracula dies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, here's this monster. They kill the monster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, But, yeah, I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to think about. Um, 
there were like a couple, I'll give a couple like fun facts. I was trying, I was like, what positive things happened? Um, the Empire State Building was completed okay. in New York. Oh, which is kind of okay. cool. That's a, um, that is cool. It, it only took them like a year to build, which wow. is kind of wild to think about because yeah. I feel like it takes a lot longer than that to build something. Yeah. But that was built. And I think they added like a, an antenna receiver to the top of it when it was built. And so there were a lot more, a lot more television was available. Huh. Okay. Which is kind of fun. Interesting. Um, the U.S. National Anthem became the Star Spangled Banner. So before that, we just didn't have one in the right. U.S. I don't know if there was like an, an official one or anything before that, but just didn't have one before. Hmm. Which honestly seems kind of late. For some reason, yeah. I thought uh-huh. we would have gotten a national anthem I agree. earlier than 1931. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought. Right? I agree. Huh. Um, a small community, Las Vegas, made the decision to legalize gambling in Nevada. Oh, nice. <laughs> Look at you now, Las Vegas. So that's where they started that. Um, one thing that helped, they arrested Al Capone on tax fraud charges. Okay. Which got him 11 years in Alcatraz. Nice. Uh, another big thing that became popular in films were like the mob style movies uh-huh. where it's like, mm-hmm. here's like the mobsters uh-huh. because that was so prevalent in the U.S. Um, and we did get another spooky movie. We got Frankenstein in oh. 1931. It came out after this movie, but this one was also preserved by the, lo- the Library of Congress. Hmm. I-, I hadn't watched it before. I like uh-huh. looked up a little bit about it. Yeah. But, um, I think it was also kind of inspired by this movie and just getting more horror films out of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen Frankenstein and Frankenstein I've also read. So I've read uh, Yeah, I've read, I've read that. <laughs> um, but yeah, both both just so classic. I liked Frank I like Dragon Dracula so much better as a book. And I like Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. That's just my humble opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good book. Okay. I'm going to have to read it. Right. I know. I feel like I need to add, I need to add that to the queue. I might even have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit of history. Okay. Hey, guys. Nice. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. All right. Well, here on Spooky Sips, we don't give stars, we give sips. Mm-hmm. So, ladies. Out of five sips, how many sips would you give Dracula? So I think we've all talked about how we liked this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it has stood the t- test of time. Whoa, stood the test. <laughs> stood the test of time. Would you say stood? Yeah, yeah. test of time. That's the saying. That sounds yeah. grammatically it incorrect. The test of time. Stands the test of time? Stood the test. Anyway. I feel like in the past, or like it's currently. Don't say the word stood again. (laughs) It's currently standing the test of time. It held up. There we go. It still rocks. There it is. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Perfect. Um, So yeah, I just, I I thought it was paced well. I thought the acting was amazing. Um, I loved just the, the vibe that it gave. Um, it was a little bit, it it wasn't, I wouldn't call it horror. I wasn't really scared, but I was intrigued Mm -hmm. the whole time. Um, so I'm giving it a three and a half. Very, that, which is a good rating for me. Very good. Yeah. I was thinking right along the same lines. I, Mm -hmm. 
I don't know what my bias was coming into it where I was like, oh, it's an old movie. It's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. I I just, I don't know. I went into it with that mentality, Mm -hmm. kind of with low expectations and was absolutely pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was, yeah, it wasn't scary. I I wouldn't say I was scared, but they they absolutely nailed creepy and just having everything be creepy. And it feels like a good October movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, the the only thing I didn't love was just the ending. I thought it was too abrupt, you know? Yep. So I was thinking around the same lines. I, I was thinking three and a half sips. Yep. Yep. Well, son of a gun. That's what I was going to give it. Well, hey, that's all right. We can have I know, consensus. because yeah. for me, like, I really did like it, but it isn't a four. Like, a what yeah. I would give a four is, like, a different... You'll, you'll see like what I'm Not I quite, for. yeah. Not this. So, like, yeah, I think... I think three and a half is where I'm at as well. Unanimous. Yeah, like super solid, super good, but just Mm -hmm. maybe not like... Recommend. Yeah, recommend Mm -hmm. for sure. You have to see this movie. Yeah, This is a must-see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like super scary movies, like you don't like horror, but you want a movie to watch in October, you should watch this. Yes. Yes. It's not going to give you nightmares or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, so something very exciting is happening here on Spooky Sips. Two of us are going to see the third one. It's our first Spooky Sips uh, vacation. Travel, vacation. Yes. Yeah. And listeners, if you look at your calendar, I would like you to look what Friday is this coming week. That's right. It's the 13th. Oh. So we are watching Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. So if you have not seen that movie, we recommend that you get watching and you get sipping right away so that you can join us next time here on Spooky Sips. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Spooky Sips. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. To stay up to date on all the spooky things we're up to, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at spooky sips underscore podcast. And if you want to help support the podcast, consider buying us a coffee or really a cocktail. We are completely independent, so every little bit goes a long way to keeping our podcast running and improving. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.